This podcast is brought to you by the Toronto School of Management's NCA Exam Prep Program. The TSM NCA Prep Program offers internationally trained lawyers courses taught by practicing lawyers in Canada, expertly designed study guides, exclusive networking opportunities with top Canadian law firms, and employability sessions arming you with all the tools you need in order to hit the ground running in your pursuit to practicing law in Canada. To find out more about the program, you can email ncaprep at torontosom.ca. podcast aimed at highlighting the personal journeys of professionals and entrepreneurs in Canada, taking a snapshot of the person behind the professional title. This is episode 26. Our 26th guest is Lenny Ibanez. Lenny is of Filipina descent and has spent her childhood and most of her adult life in Canada until her recent move to London in the UK for law school. She completed her undergraduate degree at Wilfrid Laurier University with a BA in Communication Studies. Lenny has worked in the finance, banking, and real estate industries in marketing and business development roles. She did her law conversion course for the GDL at the University of Law. Lenny also won the first ever Women's Empowerment Scholarship from the Miranda Braun Diversity Foundation and volunteered as a mentor for the Tony Blair Institute for Global Change and is currently completing her Master's in International Business Law. Lenny founded the International Student Society at the University of Law and continues to oversee its operations and has grown the society since its inception. Hi, Lenny. Hi, Anton. How are you? I'm very good. Yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, amazing. I, I um, for for listeners, obviously every listener listening to this won't know. <laughs> Lenny, you and I met some years ago uh, mm-hmm. when I was representing a UK university, and and you came in the form of a lead, they call it, or an application, <laughs> um, uh-huh. somebody interested in studying law abroad. Um, yeah. And so, before we get into that, I always like to start these podcasts by asking where you're from, and what motivated you to, to look to study law abroad? Yeah, okay. Well, I am originally born in the Philippines. I was originally born in the Philippines. We moved to Canada when I was nine and um, into a little town called Guelph, which is about an hour west of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up there, spent most of my life there. And um, what motivated me to study law was that I've always had an interest in it when I was younger, in high school more specifically. But at that time, I didn't think it was possible for me. It was just one of those things that mm-hmm. I was toying with the ideas of what I could be when I grew up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I could be a lawyer, I could be an interior designer, I could be this, I could be that. So that was sort of the root of it. And then I came across an, an email invitation years after I finished my, my undergrad at Wilfrid Laurier, I came across an, an email invitation where they were having a law fair 
And so I attended because I had the time and I thought it was curious. There was nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. There were many universities in the UK that were there. And I just from that affair, I discovered that I could convert my existing undergrad BA from Laurier into a law degree in the UK, which is Mm -hmm. very unique to, you know, you can't do that in the States. You can't do that in Canada. It was Mm -hmm. a very unique program. So it sparked my interest further. And I did a lot of research thereafter and really liked this idea. I, it wasn't anything I jumped into, but I'm pretty sure that's how you and I, that, that's how that connection yeah. was made and you got the lead because <laughs> the University of Law where I attend now is um, was one of the ones that I researched. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and that, that conversion um, you're talking about is the graduate diploma in law? Yeah. Right, the one-year graduate diploma in law. So, yeah. I mean, for, for individuals who may not know, um, in Canada, like like you, Lenny, I went abroad too. Um, yeah. You can you can convert or or well, you can use the word convert in air quotes. But yeah. essentially, if you've got an uh, an undergraduate degree in Canada already and um, you're looking to study abroad, you can do so in and well, it depends on your motivation. But you you can definitely study law abroad and come back to Canada after two years, right? And so you you chose to do. Um, a graduate diploma in law. <clears throat> really cool. So, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm well familiar with those fairs. I went to one myself, actually, when I was <laughs> at U of T. Um, yeah. I, like you, I, I, law always intrigued me. I mean, my uncle was in law, um, although he always told me, uh, never go into law. <laughs> he <said>. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, what every lawyer says. I yeah. Find. yeah. Uh, he was sort of at that stage where, um, is like, oh, I'm sick of it, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, thankfully I, I uh, disregarded that. He gave me a lot of good <laughs> advice, but for that piece of advice, I ignored it anyway. Um, so I had it in the family kind of, you know, I was exposed to it and I always thought that I wanted to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But then you kind of reach a point where you're like, ah, oh, my GPA is not great. And, yeah. you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, there's so few compared to the UK. Um, there's so few law programs here mm-hmm. in Canada. So it happens a lot where you, you know, and you go to, a, I went to the, the fair, it was like a post-grad fair at U of T. And I originally went to go look at um, teaching, <clears throat> teaching school, like um, B.Ed, Bachelor of Education programs. And then okay. there was there was the um, a Canada Law from Abroad booth. Um, and I stopped and talked to him and he was he was giving me some insights as to how to go abroad. Anyway, so it yeah. sounds like we, we had quite a similar, and then what you did, a yeah. crap load of research. <laughs> <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> going on forums, looking up, everybody says it's a disaster. Don't do it. You're not going <laughs> to, yeah. you know, and I'm like, oh my God. So I applied anyway. <laughs> and and we, we kind of, I guess we both, you know, you applied and, but mm-hmm. I'm curious, I mean, after doing all that research, yeah. um, what was your takeaway from the research and what, you know, like I, I'm sure you encountered similar uh, messages that I did where people were yeah. saying, you know, it's not a great idea. What inspired you to push through that or just sort of say, okay, given that I'm still going to pursue this? Yeah, well, I didn't directly jump into it at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it, it was about a year or so. I mean, it, it wasn't, and I think we'll, we'll um, talk about this more and you guys will see this as our conversation goes on, but it was not a straight and narrow path for me. (laughs) And uh, well, in 2016 was a bit of a turning point in my life personally. Mm -hmm. 
I got in a bad car accident that really made me question things and the direction mm. I was going, what I wanted, et cetera. Sort of that cliche moment you see in movies and all of right. that where you're kind of rethinking life. Mm. And so there was a time when I had I had the opportunity to travel a lot, actually, and um, got to see some really cool parts of the world that I've always wanted to on my bucket list. And part of that was exploring iconic cities in Europe, including mm. Paris, Barcelona, Milan, Florence, Rome, and London, of course, and uh, various cities in Germany. Because mm. I had family living in Germany at the time. And uh, of all of those cities, it was it was an incredible Euro trip, I guess, for me. And But of, of all of those cities, London really called to me. Mm-hmm. And it was a city where I felt like I could belong. Everybody, it was so diverse. Everybody I could hear spoke different languages or had different accents. And I was like, Mm. this is really cool. And just something, it sparked something in me. And um, I really liked the, it was exciting. There was a vibe that things were happening or people were making things happen. And I just really liked that about London. Mm. So I went to explore this idea more and I was just like, I really want to do this study abroad and um, study law abroad thing. So I looked into it further, looked into it further. And um, I did a second trip to London at some point and I explored um, various universities specifically just Mm -hmm. so to see where I could move to. And I explored a seaside a seaside university, Exeter. Exeter University was actually my top choice. But then mm-hmm. I thought about it and as beautiful and as great of a renowned university as it was, I said, I come from a, I came from a small town in the Philippines. I come from a small mm-hmm. town in Canada. I said, I'm not going to go study abroad at a small town again. <laughs> I said, if I'm, it was a little bit of a funny thing to think, but I said, if I'm going to have an international degree, I want it to almost sound like I studied here where people would recognize so I said I I knew I kind of decided I wanted to be in London Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah well that's I think I did the same again (laughs) I I kind of I looked I didn't go visit but I did apply to Exeter um, Kent you know Southampton usual hot spots Leicester Mm -hmm. you know Leicester is really popular with Canadians who go abroad Um, and it's it's just one of those things where if you can do London, I don't think there's really any substitute, um, <laughs> particularly. And I, I mean, I'm, that's going to fly in the face of a lot of <laughs> university reps who may listen eventually. And on, I don't know, but but just you know, from from two people um, talking here, it's just yeah. one of those things for an international student that we are going abroad and. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's real value. First of all, you're right. London is amazing just on its own, you know, Um, but, but also it's, it's the heart of legal Europe, really. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Second biggest legal market in the world next to New York. Um, And so why not, you know, if you're going to get yourself immersed in the culture and you want to study law, it made sense to me as well that you would do it in, in this sort of legal Mecca. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of what I'd like to talk to you about a little bit is, you know, going abroad, you've made the decision, um, you know, hopefully I managed to help you in some way. I don't think I would have gotten in without you, you know. (laughs) That's good. So then, then, you know, you make the trip and that's sort of where, where, where I, 
where you and I left each other and yeah. you, you go abroad and you're at the University of Law. How did you find that experience? Was it what you expected? Um, was it less? Was it more? I mean, just to give you some insight, I was freaking out the first three months that I was there. I was like, was yeah. this the right decision? You yeah. know, what am I doing? But um, I think I'm curious to know how you felt about that. Yeah, that's that's a very loaded question. <laughs> I know, I and, know. <laughs> I think we'll we'll explore it in various different ways, but um, there were very many challenges moving to a new country where you don't know a single soul. Mm. And for those those of you that are not li- that are listening, um, on more of a personal note as well, I'm um, I am a single mother, so I have a son that I kind of um, that I've left here during my studies and um, in hopes to bring him over when I got sponsorship. So that was kind of an important piece of me being there. And I was chasing after this, um, the sponsorship to uh, gain permanent residency, hopefully in, in due time in London. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that a little bit later mm-hmm. as well, but um, don't get me wrong. It was very exciting. Mm-hmm. And, but that excitement was combined with loneliness for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And um, challenges, I guess, in terms of challenges, when I started my studies, we'll start with that. Um mm-hmm. There was a big culture shock for me, which I wasn't expecting. So I chose London as another reason I chose London was because they spoke English. (laughs) So, which is a, which is a funny reason, but um, (laughs) little did I realize that their English and the English I'm accustomed to was slightly different at times. I don't know if you encountered that yourself. Oh man. Yeah. I I always thought it would be a good book. I was, cause you know, (laughs) you hang out with your your classmates and just, I was overheard, God forbid any future Canadian goes abroad and says the word garbage in public. (laughs) Right. They they hate that word. I was corrected by the prof saying, actually it's rubbish. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) sorry about that. Um, And like, you know, walking, on the pavement instead of walking on the sidewalk there are I could yeah. go I could go on and on about the amount I know, <laughs> you know I, I another one uh, something I don't know I ripped my pants you know I said oh my god yeah. I ripped my pants and they're like <laughs> what you mean your trousers because you know what your pants are right yeah <laughs> that that was a big one for me saying pants they would, yeah. would look at you funny when you say pants right mm-hmm. yep yep so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because for me, yeah, um, one of the things that I learned that um, so they, it was exam prep time and they were talking about how it was an open book book exam and they were describing what we could bring in. And they said you could bring a lever arch file and then they were talking <laughs> about pages in it and stuff. And I looked at everybody and I was like, what in the world is a lever arch file? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then I was, so I raised my hand and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm a student, I'm Canadian. And I guess I don't, I, I don't speak that kind of English. What is a lever <laughs> arch file? Yeah. And they explained to me that it was a binder. So I was just like, okay, <laughs> so that was the start of me realizing that I spoke a different kind of English. Kind of English. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know what, though, when you, when you said, you know, saying rubbish and stuff like that, the things that they say are so cute with, with their accent. When yeah. we say it, it doesn't sound right. No. Yeah. It just makes more sense for a North American to say garbage. Yeah. <laughs> rubbish, rubbish sounds like you're trying too hard. <laughs> yeah. And we just, it yeah. just sounds, it doesn't sound right when we say it. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that was one of the challenges that I I didn't think I would have. 
And mm-hmm. I think the second thing in terms of my studies was their style of teaching was different from ours. Mm. I don't know if you experienced that, but I felt like I was enrolled in distance learning. And honestly, I did check on that because the frequency of when I was in like on campus mm. was so infrequent that I was like, I'm pretty sure I signed up for an a full-time course. This is not a, <laughs> this is not a full-time course to me. So right. it's very different. And so much of it was self-directed study, which is yeah. really different to me in contrast to the Canadian system. And um, some people had told me, well, you guys get handheld over there. And I really didn't think we did, but yeah, it's, it's a really different um, way that they teach. And mm-hmm. I mean, they provide you support and guidance, obviously, but you have to request it. Mm-hmm. So that I, I also learned that the hard way. So those are key contrasts, I guess, that and challenges that I experienced in relating to my studies. Right. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I just keep finding myself nodding my head to what you're saying. I, I think <laughs> yeah. we, I mean, and, and what that tells me really, I mean, you know, Lenny, we can say we, we're not like best friends. We haven't really spoken in years but, yeah. and the experiences, if we're saying, yeah, I, I agree, then th- there must be many, many others out there who would agree and who, you know, who have yet to embark on this process, who can mm-hmm. benefit from sort of being, being warned in some ways, like that, just look out for this, be careful of that. Mm-hmm. So um, what, and I guess, so I guess that it's good because this, I can kind of participate in this conversation <laughs> in a way that I don't normally. So yeah. what I did, I found the same thing, you know, you do, you write an exam, you're like, oh, actually, I thought I would have done better than that. That's weird. Mm-hmm. And so you start questioning your abilities. Is, is this right for me? Can I adapt? Um, <clears throat> so what I found was, um, the academic side of thing is is one thing, but in order for me, and this is just me personally, I don't know if it's for everybody, but in order for me to really get switched on um, and really consider this um, a full-time sort of mission of mine, I had to get more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not what I usually do. Like if you talk to the fourth year undergrad at U of T mm-hmm. um, and said that he's, you know, you're going to be starting like I was, I thought about starting a society and things like that. It's just totally not my thing. Like, but I thought, first of all, if I'm here in the UK, it's worthwhile to start building my resume in Mm. other ways. Um, Mm. And second of all, I have to be more involved. So I'm wondering how did like, and we can, now we can kind of speak to, you know, spoke to the challenges, but how you overcome them and, and what you found worked for you. Yeah, so that's, that's another interesting thing that I that I guess I just discovered that's another thing we have in common as the mm. society. So um, when I was away, I experienced a lot many hardships. Mm. And um, I overcame that by keeping myself busy. And mm. this was not something that you know, when I went there, I had expectations, but I didn't. Mm. So I kind of just kept an open mind. And I was just like, this is going to be a good, a good experience. I'm just gonna go in there and see what happens sort of thing, even though, you know, I had a plan and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. um, so I kept myself busy. When I arrived, I had three weeks before my course started. So I got a part time and I lived, um, I lived on Kingsland Road in Shoreditch, which Shoreditch, if most people Mm -hmm. know, is kind of a hipster happening place in London. Lots of really cool bars and things like that. And I lived on a street that had a lot of Vietnamese restaurants. And so I ended up walking up and down the street, blasting my resume because it was three weeks that I had nothing to do. And I had, I knew nobody. So I didn't know what I was going to do with my time. So I was like, I'm going to get a part-time job Uh just 
because I needed to fill my time. So I got a I got a job at a Vietnamese restaurant across from me, which was convenient. And having had part-time jobs in the restaurant industry previously and my passion for food, it was mm. more fun than work for me. Mm-hmm. And it kept me busy, you know, helped me, you know, it, it was my fun money, I called it. So that yep. was that. And, um, but one of my many hardships was being alone there. Yeah. Um, I made friends as I do wherever I go. They are fantastic people, but I found that I didn't really understand what I was, uh, they didn't really understand what I was going through because they were English born and bred, I guess. And mm. as they grew up there, they had their social circles, went home to their families at the end of the day. They mm. didn't really socialize with other people and they led very different lives for me. Mm-hmm. So I felt that I really needed that connection with people who are on the same boat as me. So talking, so you spoke about the society, um, you know, starting a society, and that's kind of where I'm headed to here Mm -hmm. in discussion with some staff at the university, they told me that they wanted somebody to start up a an international student society. And they said, it's been done in the past, but it never really lived on. Yeah. And I said, that was me. <laughs> that's incredible. I know. That, isn't that weird? That's yeah. a really cool co- uh, I guess maybe, maybe not coincidence, but um, yeah, something. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's amazing. But um, mm. it sparked something in me. And I said to myself, that's it. I'm going to be that person who starts this society. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I needed. So it took a while for me to find the right people. And it was late in the school year when I did, but with the support of the Dean, my professors and the staff that I was speaking with, we still did it. They said, you know what? And it's sort of that, if you've ever seen the movie, um, field of dreams, if you Mm. build it, they will come. It was that moment where I said, you know what, I will build it and they will come. That's right. (laughs) And we, we kicked off the society with a small gathering. And um, it grew from there. And now I'm still running the International Student Society for both London campuses. It's growing and it's been an exciting passion project for me. And it was really, um, it helped me find my tribe in what Mm. we were describing as, you know, people who were going through the same experiences as us and who can sit here and converse like we are. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, in current times and, um, people who connected on that level and it's more a community for support and really to expand your social and professional networks. And that's what it's done. And that's what I'm trying to do for um, international students now and sort of, um, and it started to, it started as something to just expand your social and your, and your professional circles. But now mm-hmm. having, I have a bigger, um, <clears throat> I have a bigger board who's helping me out this year and um, really cool people and great ideas, really brilliant group of people. Um, but we're more going to be bringing value to everybody, especially during this time and providing support in any way, and especially the mental health aspect to it during the, the current climate that we're in. So that's, mm. that's, it's really a passion project of mine. And I just love doing it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I, like, when I, I was going to start something and I thought you like, you know, it's good, uh, <laughs> but there were quite honestly, um, first I thought um, Canadian student law society. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's good. But there were only six of us at the Bloomsbury campus in London. Mm. Oh, you were so, at Bloomsbury. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm at so, Moorgate. <laughs> okay, there you go. So um, I was like, okay, that's not going to work because we could just hang out separately. That's not a big deal. So even like, I, I I guess what's encouraging for me to hear um, is that there's a lot more supports for international students. And actually I know um, because I worked on the other side of things, there's a real, real, real 
up, uptick in international students, generally speaking, at the University yeah. of Law. So yeah. yeah, I called mine International Law Society. So I had a fair amount of English people um, being involved as well. And we, we invited Canadian lawyers in and, you know, it was just sort of really fun. So it's good to hear that things like that exist. And, and I, it's also good to hear that there's more to it now, you know, like you say, the community, it's really important to offer supports and community for international yeah. students. And I think that's where you can really, um, that's what can sort of keep your motor running and keep coming back to it is the, you know, the, the passion for helping and then the gratification that you know that you're doing something worthwhile for people. Well, yeah, exactly. Like I said, I started this with a friend, a Chinese friend, a, a two Chinese friends of mine. And it took me a while to find people who, because you need three, you needed three people, yeah, three key same. essential roles to start it, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Society. I, there were, and that's what, that's an interesting point that you made in that um, the university of law has a huge international population. Cause the first day I went there, one of the questions they asked, the professor asked was how many of you were not raised, born or raised in London? And honestly, it was 75% of the room. Wow. That's so crazy. That's, that's so that, different from when I was yeah. there. So different. Yeah. So, so that's when I was like, yeah, this is definitely my tribe. This is, mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's not 10% of the pop the student population. It's huge. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, I um, have sat down with the deans of both campuses and they, they see the, they saw after some of the events we've put on and, you know, we've gained a little bit of traction. They saw the value in what we were doing. And, um, and that's why it's sort of a legacy I'm trying to carry on and it's, it's a bit of a challenge because you need to the society needs to roll on every year and find yeah. the right people and all of that but yeah yeah I'm hoping it can carry on because we are trying to be you know bring value to the students rather than you know it's fun to have a society to get together go to the pubs with and make friends but you know I've made long-lasting friends from my friends I started up the International Student Society with and that's what I really wanted for people and to really get over that loneliness and mm -hmm. uh, funny enough I mean I don't and now it's kind of at the point where we don't just leave it closed off to the University of Law exclusively because mm -hmm. um, there's a friend of mine who mentors somebody who's not at University of Law and he was just kind of talking to me because he's like I know this girl who is going through these visa issues and she's really discouraged and blah 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 and whatnot and I said and he said I know you and I talk about this all the time because he's a good friend of mine so we just mm -hmm. kind of have conversations and I said I'm more than happy to just you know listen to her if she needs somebody to listen to if I can point her in the right direction I'm more than happy to do that and we have you know we've kind of have a network now of professionals and lawyer international lawyers and things like that and I said if there's any way I can help her I'd love to do that and she doesn't go to university of law but I mean it's somebody who needs help so I'm not going to say sorry you're not a U law student I'm you know course, I'm not going to yeah. speak with you so yeah it's really rewarding in that sense and um people kind of resonate with with my story and hearing what I've what what I've gone through and they're like that's what I'm going through so mm -hmm. and it helps them want to be a part of the society and I get so many people approached at so many because the um, international team at ULaw gets us to speak at the inductions for the international students and so many yeah. people come up and that story resonates and they're like how can I join how can I be a part how can yeah I help? yeah so it's really really um, it's really humbling to see that 
Yeah, no, it's really cool. That that's great. It's really and it's really encouraging for me to hear that 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 kind of thing is going on. It sounds like you've, I I may have planted a seed or something, but you, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> you, you really helped it blossom and grow, which is yeah. which is great because, I mean, the more internationalized a university becomes, the more supports yeah. need to be implemented, and sometimes those supports come from within the student body themselves, yeah. you know, and and the ability to network with lawyers and things like. Like that becomes a little bit easier when you're in yeah. London because yeah. the population is so diverse and there are others like us who exactly. are out there who are exactly. willing. To, and I, I'm sure you found it similar to me that it, I was kind of astounded by how many people are sort of ready and willing to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Uh, one of the more popular events and growing and um one of our well-attended events last year and throughout the the times that I've had the International Society was a conference we put put on called um, uh, Diversity in Law event. Mm -hmm. And we we invite keynote speakers and professionals in the industry to speak on their experience and their journey to law in London as an international. Mm -hmm. And last year we had a full house of 70. And wow. the de- which the dean attended, we had partners from Reed Smith speak, and um, and uh, also an interesting twist that we put in were um, alumni from U Law and from other universities who were trainees at Magic Circle and Sil- Silver Circle and international firms, and they're international, and they were part of the International Student Society. Some of them, and wow. they talked about their journey and their successes and their challenges, and it's a very powerful event and well requested. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can imagine. That's great. Yeah. That's that's amazing. That's what I, that's exactly what I had envisioned starting something like that. So it's really, really, really cool to hear that um, University of Laws continuing to pursue that, continuing to involve you. Because you're right. What I've, I think, and this, I mean, you know, we're just having a conversation here. But for <laughs> listeners who are thinking about going abroad, or who are already abroad, or you know, thinking about starting something, um, it just takes you know, a bit of courage to step forward and do it. But yeah. I think I think really you find there are a lot of people who are just waiting for somebody to step mm-hmm. forward and to start implementing something. And then all yeah. of a sudden things come to, you know, if you, like you said, field of dreams, if you build it, they yeah. will come. And who yeah. they are and what they are, you may not know at the time, mm-hmm. but they reveal themselves to you. you know? Absolutely. And it's, really it's cool. kind of a leap of faith. This whole thing was a leap of faith going, hopping on a plane and, you know, going yeah. somewhere else where you don't know people. And then it just, it's, it's just kind of an interesting aspect of life where you, you have, it's just having a little faith and just, it's, it's blind faith in a sense, but mm. it's, it's incredible where it can take you sometimes given the challenges and the hardships that come with it. There's yeah. some really good stuff that come out of it as well. Yeah. It's really, um, it's like, it reminds me kind of, of um, this sort of picture I saw. I remember there's, if you can visualize just a square rectangular box kind of thing. And inside that box is written your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And then outside of the box in a bubble far away to the left is written inside of where the magic happens. So, yeah. so really all of the cool, exciting, really rewarding things that happen, I found all happen when you push yourself to 
be a little bit uncomfortable um, and, and really explore the limits as to what you, what you thought you could do. Like I was taking fourth year classes at U of T trying to avoid seminars because I didn't want to really participate. (laughs) It was to Mm -hmm. that degree. Like I just didn't want to speak in class. You know, I can't be bothered. But that yeah. wasn't doing me any good, obviously, you know, getting out, <laughs> getting out there and doing something is better yeah. than not. And and um, it's cool to hear that, you know, you have the same experience. Yeah, it, it is really cool. And you know what, when you speak about that, that really powerful quote, I used to see that all the time that, you know, great things happen outside of your comfort zone. And I didn't get it. I would always mm. bypass that. But that is such a powerful, powerful phrase. And I didn't learn that until, yeah, only recently, because honestly, if I didn't start traveling alone, which was my Euro trip part of it, mm-hmm. so many uncomfortable things traveling on your own, going into a hostel, speaking to strangers. Yeah. From that experience, I've met two of my dearest friends that I've met from just meeting them once in Barcelona and in in Milan. And they're two of my dearest Mm. friends. And it's incredible the things that happen when you do go out of your comfort zone because also, when I was doing my undergrad here at Laurier, funny enough, I wanted to start a Filipino society. I knew there are three mm-hmm. of us. There are three of us Filipinos I knew, and they didn't want to do it. And I said, okay, well, <laughs> maybe. And I, at that point, I said, maybe I'm not even good enough to lead this and all that stuff. So mm. starting the International Society was kind of fueled by that, that, I, that boat that I missed out on. Right. With a little bit more courage. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is surprising because, you know, you, you kind of, it's like... I remember asking some of the Canadians that were in my program at ULA, um, you know, do you want to start this Canadian society? And they're like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, well, look, there's only six of us, I guess. Okay, fine. We don't have to, but yeah. you know, it, just hearing no, you could easily just kind of think, Oh, I guess it's not right. But I just yeah. figured what the hell, you know, and, and, and it worked exactly. out. So, so I'm curious, Lenny, like uh, where you're at now and, and maybe, um, how your experience at the University of Law, and you know what's funny, um, mm-hmm. and it's always the case, we've talked about the university, your experience abroad for maybe yeah. 20 minutes of this conversation. <laughs> I've mentioned the academic side of things for like yeah. maybe 10 seconds about like, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is very different from all your other podcast recordings <laughs> that I've listened to, I know. So, but it's really good because I think all of your experiences that you have abroad help shape who you are, your motivations, and yeah. what you want to do moving forward. So I wonder for you if the experience with the International Student Society at the University of Law helped shape a direction that you you didn't really think you would go in when you first arrived. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Just as a side note before I get into that, there mm-hmm. is a Canadian uh, society at ULA and when when um, they heard that they heard of me being a Canadian who started up the International S- Student Society I've heard, people have come up to me and they said the people from the Canadian Society want to get together with you and they want to do a collaboration <laughs> it's still yet to happen but yeah just just to let you know there's a Canadian Society as well good to know <laughs> they better get on it though come on hurry up Let's, yeah <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, we tagged them in our recent in- Instagram post for Canadian Thanksgiving. And I told my social media manager, I said, tag them specifically. This will spark the collaboration that we've been trying to work on. Good. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but um, in your question about, yeah, definitely it's all really 
life experience, right? And that's what it was for me. It was just incredible experiences. And um, since I've been back, because I've come back for several different reasons and COVID being one of them, mm-hmm. um, which was bo- uh, more, more so a blessing, but um, it, um, it's been, I've been fortunate that I've taken some of that London life with me here. Mm-hmm. which I'll get into later on. But um, so how my experiences have helped shape who I am now is really interesting to me because as I've mentioned, law was my passion. And more specifically, my, I, my passion in law was um, family law. Mm-hmm. And it, because it's something that's close to my heart with my own personal experiences and hardships of people that are close to me. Mm-hmm. There was a point in my life where I just kept meeting people who had all these family law issues and I was just like, these guys really need help. Yeah. And, but that's when I wasn't really thinking about getting into law, but I was just like, it was a weird coincidence that all these people had this thing in common and they're all around me. Hmm. And I felt like it was something I wanted to help people with. And that passion and experience would fuel me to be a good lawyer. So when I made the decision to go into law and while I was in London, I had the opportunity to work as a paralegal for a small startup boutique firm. Mm-hmm. And I had a hand, I was very involved at a lot of the cases that we had, and some were very f- difficult family situations. And that really, really excited me because that's the stuff I really wanted to get into and help with. Mm-hmm. So, and um, the managing partner knew that. And so she really gave me these specifically and one in particular I was involved in and I got to experience going to trial. Wow. That was incredible. We won it. And it was so satisfying to help that woman who was in need and to get the justice she deserved from someone who'd done her wrong and Mm -hmm. her family and how she was in tears. And it was, I was, I was thinking to myself, this is what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, but one of the biggest challenges that posed for me was for pursuing family law in London was, I I mentioned chasing that sponsorship. Yeah, that's and right. being that being an international for those of you who haven't studied law or are thinking of studying law, I guess the, the route that you have to take is that um, so you do the GDL, then you do the LPC, which is the practical, um, the practical course, and then to qualification there. And, um, and then you obtain a training contract, which is equivalent to articling here, and then get a firm to sponsor you to work and live in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I went to a lot of talks and events with family law firms that were put on by the university or ones that I sort of did my research and heard about. And I've spoken to the partners and the, and the associates and people that, uh, that were doing the talks. And I later found out that family law firms were the ones that hardly ever sponsored. Mm. Um, the chances were so slim. And for me, with the, with the way the program structured, it's a one year program, and then your visa runs out. And then if you're going to do the LPC, you have to renew and get another visa. So I was constantly chasing this visa and chasing the sponsorship. And it added a lot of pressure on me, mm-hmm. along with the pressure to do well and complete my studies, establish a life elsewhere. And it was, it was a lot. It was uh, more than most students really, more pressure than most students really had to deal with. Um, mm. So in my studies, I guess, to answer your question further, I sort of fell into the diversity space, funny enough. Mm. Um, 
I won the first ever women's empowerment scholarship from the Miranda Broad Diversity Foundation. And it was incredible. It put me into this different trajectory. Mm-hmm. And the foundation brought amazing opportunities my way that I hadn't imagined. I had the opportunity to speak at Parliament at the House of Commons wow. with uh, that was hosted by Mr. Speaker himself, Mr. John Burko at the time. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it was really yeah. incredible. And um, I, it, I, I, it gave me an opportunity to work in diversity and I sort of fell into that space. So um, it, it took me away from the family law um, career path that I was exploring. And, um, I found a passion for diversity and realized that as much as I wanted to get into family law, and I still want to have a hand at it in the, in the long run, I have sort of a non-for-profit, um, idea that I'd like to have as part of my five to 10 year mm-hmm. plan in my life, which hopefully I can execute. But I think for the long run, I want to remain in the diversity space. And I realized my passion for that and that I want to work um, <clears throat> helping solve social injustice by making an impact on, on more of a massive scale rather than a smaller individual scale via private practice, not to put, you know, not to diminish what people do in private practice. But for me personally, I think mm-hmm. that's, that's the route that I want to take. And um, in the long run, hopefully help with them um, making changes to policies and things like that I, is, is sort of where I envision myself to be. I'm currently the head of diversity for a few different organizations in London and uh, one sort of in the legal space. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been fortunate to be able to carry that here during COVID as everyone's working remotely. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and I still kind of want to, I'm, I'm expanding my networks in that here in Canada, because I have strong networks and connections in the legal space there through my time. But now I have to kind of carry that here. And I'm, yeah, that's sort of how my path has changed a little bit. <laughs> wow, interesting. I mean, I think, um <clears throat> That was sort of that's good. I mean, first of all, I'm sure that you will make those contacts. Um, just just judging from from the amount of work and heavy lifting you did in the UK in a, in a relative short period of time. Look at everything that's happened, right? So, it's just a matter of time. Um, and you know, maybe this podcast helps. <laughs> but um, I, who knows? <laughs> you, you, yeah, you never know. You you uh, you never know. You you were touching on something that kind of leads really nicely into sort of how I like to finish these podcasts is, mm-hmm. is getting my guests to offer some advice um, to, yeah. you know, future Lenny's who, and, and you, you have a very interesting and unique um, end game in mind. You know, many people yeah. go abroad or come, you know, many people study law and they come to Canada or they yeah. go abroad to study law and return to Canada with the, the aim and the vision of practicing law. That's yeah. um, so I'm curious what, it, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy. And this is another reason I really wanted you on is because it's okay to change your mind. Um, mm. It's okay to be inspired and uh, by, by something else. Um, but I wonder what tips do you have, you know, um, for, for, let's say, um, internationally trained lawyers who think they want to practice law, but then are exposed to, like you, maybe some, some ethics ethics or, or, you know, diversity and inclusion that they want to pursue um, or anything else? Like what, what tips do you have for people who may encounter an oh no moment where they say, oh, actually, 
I don't really love law, but I love something else. Yeah. Well, I, the one main tip I would give if you're a practicing lawyer or if you're an aspiring lawyer, really explore your options. You're not really bound to one. Mm -hmm. So if you're a practicing lawyer, you're, you can very well stay in your current role and do some pro bono, do some volunteer work and, you know, explore those passions. And then it could lead you a different direction because like I've mentioned, you know, there are people who out there who have the straight and narrow path. Like you, some people go to school to be an accountant and then they land a job in accounting and that's what they stick with. Um, but there mm -hmm. are people who sort of, you know, are multi-passionate and then they discover these passions and they kind of pursue that. And I'm a little bit different that way where I'm not on the straight and narrow in a sense. And mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't, I didn't go into the UK with the hopes of coming back to Canada to qualify. So that's sort of the thing where my family's a little bit confused because mm -hmm. they're like, well, you went to study law. Are you a lawyer now? <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you before you continue, <laughs> Yeah, I'd say maybe, cause I like, you know, I'm, I'm not a practicing lawyer either. And I went abroad. I have a law degree. I'm back in Canada and I get that mm -hmm. question once a month from my mom. <laughs> 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 when are you going to be a lawyer? What I don't understand what you did. And, you know, you have to kind yeah. of, and this is kind of it, you know, you have to kind of explain like, like there yeah. are, there are, there are many things that I want to do and law, like you said, mm -hmm. you want some involvement in family law and, and whether that's practicing or not for profit, mm -hmm. uh, same here in, in my practice area of interest. Um, it's mm -hmm. just, you know, everybody doesn't have a direct linear path to it some people yeah. take a circuitous route and yeah. so you know that that's kind of something that i i've been confronted with too and to know that it's okay to yeah. to not be a lawyer in this time frame um is yeah. com comforting i hope for some yeah yeah exactly and there are many different paths to pursue and it's just a matter of really exploring those and to people who are i mean i went into this whole exploring my law career later in life people may not think and that was that was a common misconception when when people meet me is that they think I'm in my 20s I'm <laughs> in my late 30s <laughs> I was late I'm very late in the game I mean I've had I've had a career in Canada and I've had an established career in that it's just I wanted to pursue other things and that is okay it's okay to change careers at any point in your life mm -hmm. and it's okay to change your mind because you know I I hate to, to give that advice when people have parents who you kind of want you to be on the straight and narrow, but really it's okay to change your mind. And sometimes life will take you in a completely different direction than you'd ever imagined. And that's incredible. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I think the advent of technology allows for the exposure to different areas and even creating and carving out your own niche area, mm -hmm. um, combining skills that you've learned, you know, degrees that you've obtained yes. and passions that you found. Um, exactly. I, transferable I skills. It's precisely. all about transferable skills, right? Like you and I are definitely examples of that where, you know, you can, and I went to Laurier doing a BA in communication studies. I did sales and marketing and business development was kind of my background and my mm -hmm expertise. And that easily transferred into law because I'm more of a legal professional, legal executive sometimes in a sense, rather mm -hmm. than a lawyer. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, even the word lawyer these days, it's, yeah. it's not what it used to be. It's like, um, you know, everybody is encouraged to build their own personal brand. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, if you think about it, you're the CEO of your own personal brand and you have to, um, you know, there's a, all kinds of different things that individuals can do in order to 
A, promote themselves, but also B, pursue um, different unique niche areas that um, are maybe what you would consider to be non-traditional. Yeah, and I guess that's one important uh, lesson, I guess, an experience I had in London as well, because I was... I get exposed to a circle of people who are making things, like I said, making things happen, but they have a career or they, you know, they're mm-hmm. very, they're a very established um, mm-hmm. barrister, solicitor, whatever they were, but they had their passion projects on the side. And those mm-hmm. are people that kind of, I, that resonate with me. And I said, you know, those are people making things happen because they're passionate about it, not because they're getting paid for it. And so that's sort of part of my, my advice here. And, um, and I know people who are 21 who are running a non-for-profit organization mm-hmm. because it was inspired by COVID and things like that. So definitely, I mean, to, to the young, to the young listeners and to everybody who's, who may not be, you know, who may be in a different stage of life, that's definitely, you know, it's scary to explore it, but you're not going to lose anything by doing that, I don't think. So that's my, that's hopefully a takeaway I want everybody to take from this conversation that we're having. Amazing. Well, uh, Lenny, I really appreciate the time, you know, that you've, you've given to me and to the listeners. And, you know, it's really inspiring to learn about your journey and, and everything that you've managed to accomplish, um, you know, having changed careers and now um, really, really becoming a bit of an influencer, (laughs) dare I say, at least for individuals attending the University of Law in the UK. Um, And that's great. I think it's it's great that you're continuing on with that. And it's great that the University of Law is allowing you to do that. So with everything we've discussed, um, you know, the hardships when you first arrived in the UK, and then the successes, you know, and the really cool events, like being able to speak in the House of Commons with John Burkow, um, which is pretty cool. I try to get him to say order at least once. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now, you know, I, I, I sometimes I save this question and sometimes I don't even ask the question because it's not an, an obvious um, closer. But for this conversation, I think it is. And I'm curious to know the answer. Um, given all of that, would you do it all again? Yeah, I would definitely do it again. The The experiences, the memories, and the people I've met on my journey were ones that are beyond my wildest dreams and expectations. So had I not done it, I wouldn't be the person that I am today armed with the lessons that I've learned. And um, I'm a firm believer in the saying that everything happens for a reason. So had I not gone through the, the motions, we haven't met it either, right? <laughs> so I advise the younger kids in my family to deliberately save up money for a year abroad in their last year of university. And I tell them that it's, it'll be an experience of a lifetime for them and one that they won't regret. So Mm -hmm. similar, uh, I hope that uh, your listeners, our listeners today can have a takeaway from this and that to not let fear stop you from going after what you want and achieving your dreams. Because when you look back years from now, you'll be so glad that you went after it. Yeah, that's great, Lenny. I, I think um, that sentiment's shared by quite a few people who go through, you know, sometimes a very long, arduous, um, at some points really ex- exhilarating, but then other points um, really anxiety provoking journey. Um, but through it all, um, you learn so much about yourself, right? And I think those rewards um, justify everything that you go through. Yeah, exactly. Kind of circling back to the uh, getting out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great, Lenny. What a great way to end it. And um, 
I, again, just want to thank you for your insights and um, all of the, the sort of the hints that you offered. And it was really cool to catch up with somebody who, you know, it looks and sounds like we shared such a, a similar journey. And, um, you know, I'm really excited to, to see where, where you end up and how, how you succeed in Canada. And I'm sure you will be very successful. Thanks so much, Antonia. It's been really great catching up with you and uh, really getting to have this conversation. And uh, yeah, I look forward to speaking more and doing more with you in the future. Great. Thanks, Lenny. Thanks. And that does it for episode 26 of A Shot of Life. Thank you, Lenny, for taking time out of your day. I hope everybody learned a little bit about her journey and and took something out of it. I know that people are struggling to find legal work um, and some people are even struggling with their passion and whether or not they want to pursue law as a career even after having completed a law degree or after having completed a master's. Um, What I'm taking from a lot of the guests, including Lenny, is that your career doors are not only limited to law um, and it behooves you if you have passions to follow those passions. Um, use your law degree. It's a very transfer- transferable degree. It's a very recognizable degree. And uh, really pursue what you're passionate about. And until next time, we'll talk again. Mm-hmm.